if you're new at Radius, occasionally we'll use a video like this for a variety of reasons. One, uh, to supplement teaching at each individual campus, or two, like today, we really want all of the Radius churches, all six of us, to hear the same message the same way. So in essence, we're connecting Lexington out to Saluda and, and Centerville to Southside and White Knoll to Irma. We, we, we really want to do some Sundays all together, and that's what we're trying to accomplish, accomplish right now. So we'll trust the Lord as we kind of hear it together that his spirit will move all of us, including folks taking in online today. November the 18th, some of y'all heard, I uh, went out to dinner with a couple friends, and about toward the end of the dinner, I felt a little scratch in the back of my throat. No big deal. Went home, figured it was all in my head as it had been so many times before. Went to bed, got up the next morning, and I felt rotten. And since I'm around people all the time, I thought, man, I better call the doctor and see if I can get a rapid test. So 19th, I go in, ride through my car, stick a little thing up in my nose, right? And, and sure enough, I test positive. I test positive for this thing, as all you guys know, COVID-19, that we have tons and tons of information on. Doctors all over the world are working on it. The media's jumped in and give all their opinions, false or true, half of it we don't know. Thousands of stories have been produced. So I got this, I have this disease, and it's just completely undefined. It's really difficult to know what the truth is. I have a great doctor, and he kind of walked me through it, and First day, the 19th, was fine. I talked on the phone a bunch. I was super excited. Matter of fact, by the time it was time to go to bed, I couldn't sleep. I watched the documentary on, I don't remember, uh, on Abraham Lincoln or, 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 or somebody like that and got through the next day. And, and then the following morning, woke up about 7 o'clock, and uh, everything seemed fine except, and it feels really weird t- telling you this. This is true. Like, I, I, I couldn't move. I could not move my arms or my legs, and I was laying on my back in my bed, and I'm like, what the world is going on? I just, I hadn't read this in any of the articles, right? Like, like my arms and my legs. So when, I don't know what you would do, but I started to pray. My wife's not in the room. She's in the room back behind. and never crossed my mind to yell out. I just prayed, and, and then the next thing I know, and I, so I don't know what transpired between the moment where I'm trying to move in the bed. I woke up laying on the floor, on my back at the bottom of the bed. Um, not knowing how I got there, I woke up and I'm, I'm kind of dazed. And then uh, the next moment, I wake up again. I'm laying on the floor in the bathroom. So I'm assuming I, I'm getting up kind of woozy and passing out along the way. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I'm laying on the floor, in the t- on the tile in my bathroom, and uh, I am just drenched with sweat. My T-shirt soaked, my Pajamas are pants are soaked, and I am, I'm just like, how did I end up on the floor in the bathroom? Well, uh, I finally got up off the floor and, um, you know, kind of bent over to, to, to make sure uh, I was okay. And as I bent over, I felt something drip off my nose onto the floor. And as it hit the floor, it was, it was red. It was blood. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Now, now, the very first thing, you can tell you how well-trained I am, ladies. The very first thing I did was celebrate that the blood off of my nose missed Cheryl's carpet in the bathroom. It landed on the tile so I could clean it. All that was good. And then I looked up in the mirror, and my face was covered with blood. My hair was, was red with blood. I'm like, what in the world just happened? And here's what happened, just like in a split second. Clearly, I, I, uh, 
I've been in and out all morning, but when I saw red, I saw the blood, uh, man, everything became clear because I know what you do if you're bleeding. You've got to stop the bleeding. I grabbed the rag. I tried to stop the bleeding. I busted open my head and my nose. Evidently, I got to the bathroom. I passed out, and I hit, I hit the countertop, and it busted me open. So I got, it, got myself covered. I went out of my room, broke all COVID protocols, knocked on Cheryl's door, and said, I think I need some help, right? It became a a disease that is completely unclear, where the truth is still not determined, <laughs> became clear in that moment because I know what bleeding means. It's really clear when I'm bleeding, I got to stop the bleeding. We got it stopped. And, and all of a sudden, something that I wasn't taking super serious, I started taking very serious because, um, hey, because my life was on the line, right? That in my own mind. This pandemic, as it's gone across our nation, uh, man, you know, as you know, all of us know somebody with it at this point. It has, uh, man, it's, it's divided us in some ways because folks have politicized it. And, and then folks that have opinion one side or the other have become very loud about it and, and actually will separate from one another. That, that's sad to watch. Hopefully that's not happened with us, the church, right? We wouldn't do anything like that, certainly, right? But the really cool upside of COVID is that because of the lack of clarity on how intense the disease will be per person, death is on the table. Man, one of the nights, probably my 12th night with a fever, um, I felt like I couldn't breathe, right? So it's, it's midnight, nobody else is up, and I start wrestling with my breathing. Now, you've probably done this, and I certainly did. I kept telling myself, this is just in your head, dude. Relax, relax. And I started wondering, am I having shortness of breath? Is this the first time? Is this, is this for real? Do I need to start banging on the wall and get Cheryl in here? Do I, do I need to call the doctor? And I started wrestling with, with that thing, and I kept battling in my mind. Sure enough, I, it's just in my head. It got away from me, so it's frustrating, embarrassing somewhat. I can't control my mind. But what was great about having death on the table that night was that I, I could take a real look at my life, right? 53 years for me. I did real work, and in a really cool way, the Holy Spirit, because when something's real, the Holy Spirit meets you. Uh, he helped me do real work. One of the things that became abundantly clear to me in, in some moment where death's on the table, like I probably was never close to death, but, but it's on the table, it made me look in the mirror and, and, and really like you kind of have these dreams of when it's all over that you could uh, write a note to everybody you love or, or in our day, like pull out your phone and, and, and give them one last video and give them one, one more word of inspiration or love. and Just a moment where I, I, I thought there's nothing else to do. My 53 years has to stand for what it is. If I loved well, I loved well. If I didn't, I didn't. And, and it is exactly what it is at this point. There's no way to catch up in the last second. There was uh, some peace about that. One, because I, I knew that Jesus saved me, so I was looking forward to being with Jesus. But then two, like, it, it, just, it just is. What I did is. Uh, after I kind of got through it, I've been able to review multiple times, and, and I was able to look, hey, if I have another 10 years, I don't know how many years I have, or three years, um, if I get back to that point again, what do I want to have done or said? And, and one of the things that became really clear to me, I want to love better. I want to love you better. 
I want to love my family better. I want to tell my wife more that I love her. I want to be able to get it out of my mouth, express my love. I'm not a great hugger, but I like to hug a little bit better. I just, I just want, to, I want to love better. And then I want to love God more. One of the things that happened toward the end is, is God's word became more and more alive to me. Just a great time. I spent a bunch of time in First and Second Timothy and, and read the truths as Paul writes to a young pastor. And I mean, it just it started to jump off the page, and it was just it was just good. Still there, still First Second Timothy. You want to talk about First and Second Timothy? I love those books. They're ministering to my soul, and I want that for you. Which is why I really wanted to share this message with with all of Radius. Um. When death is on the table, you're really challenged with, and if, if, if you've tried to make COVID politicized and, you don't, you know, whatever, however you're dealing with it, right, you, you, I won't even get into that, right? But if, if you would just take the possibility of death being on the table and examine your life, crazy fruit could come from that. And so you got to ask yourself, what is the truth about me? What is, what is the absolute truth? What is the truth? There's a couple of amazing passages I want to read to you this morning. And I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit brings it to life. And I'm really comfortable with him convicting you like he's convicted me. I hope that he does that work in your heart. Here's an amazing uh, dialogue. Jesus, he's facing death, right? He's at the very end. Death's not only on the table, it's imminent. He's about to be crucified on the cross, and he knows it. And he's, he's in front of a guy named Pilate, who is the Roman governor of, of his region. And they're having a conversation. And, and in John chapter 18, verse 36, it says this. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight and keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. It's a powerful statement. It's certainly an interesting statement for the day in which we live. And then Pilate said, so, so you're a king? And Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. In many ways, he's answering in the affirmative, I, yeah, I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. He, in some ways, he's saying I'm the king of truth. And then Pilate has this really interesting reply. I want you to think about it. Pilate looks at Jesus and says, what is the truth? Then he went out again to the people. So it's this interesting dialogue. Pilate's asking questions, and he's actually speaking to the king of glory, Jesus Christ. And he asks Jesus what the truth is, but he doesn't have time to listen to the truth because he's got to get back to politics. Exactly what he does. He asks Jesus what the truth is, and then he leaves to go out again to the people because his life was about power, politics in his case. He was the governor, <laughs> which I think for all of us, in light of just flipping on whatever news channel you look, look at, we ought to be reminded right now that it's going to be really easy to sit with Jesus who says, I am the truth, and have our head on who's in power. I wanted to remind all of Radius people today 
that one day the Republicans and the Democrats will join forces and crucify Jesus. That's what happened in Jesus' day. The Herodians and the Pharisees who hated each other, who argued all the time, they joined forces to kill Jesus because they did not want to give up one vote to Jesus. Because in the end, no matter whether they flew Jesus flags or whether they wore Christian shirts that had crazy sayings on them, they wanted power and Jesus came in and took it away from them. Because he says, He's a king of a kingdom that is not of this world. Oh, me and you, we've got to represent that truth right now, right here in our nation. Um, Throw a couple stones at the, you know, at the politicians right now, but let me make it a little bit more personal as a pastor. I mean, we, we've had politicians, like, manipulate us. <laughs> one, one of the presidential candidates uh, quoted from, he called it the Palms, right? He was reading from the book of Psalms, but he was trying to, trying to relate to us. And, and the, his opposition actually held up a Bible like it was a trophy. <laughs> both of those scenes, both of them went down. I'm like, I hope the body of Christ in the United States is not falling for this stuff. But then when I look at pastors across the country and throughout history and look at the sin in our own lives and think of the things that the church has done to manipulate people with the truth, like, like half-truths. They take a little truth and tease it so that the church could maintain power. Sometimes it's just a little, little church out in the country where they use a few verses to manipulate people and keep them like, like in a specific spot, sometimes to get money, sometimes just to beat people down. It's just a shameful. And I want, I want to say to you, man, if you grew up seeing that, I'm sorry for what I can do as a pastor to apologize what we've done in the church with the truth. I'm, I'm sorry. There's a guy named uh, Win- William Tyndale. After the printing press was invented, He's, he's an English guy. He, he started translating the Bible into English. You know what the church wanted to do? <laughs> they searched all over Europe to find this rascal to get him to stop translating the Bible into English because they were afraid that if the people that were a part of the church could read the Bible, they, wouldn't, they could no longer control them. And so literally he was, he was martyred. The church, I, you know, whether they actually were believers or not, we let God handle that. <laughs> Most likely not. They killed this guy for translating the Bible into English so that people could understand it because they were afraid they would lose control. It's happened throughout history. It's been abused by all kinds of folks. And we just need, as a group of people today, this Sunday morning, to acknowledge, bro, the people take the truth and they distort it to manipulate us. Jesus says he's the good shepherd. We've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only deals in truth. No manipulation. And so anytime we're, we're hearing all this noise and, and our whole nation is dividing over a variety of issues, we, ought to, we, the followers of Jesus, ought to go back and see what he says. Like We ought to go to his word and then actually pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us decipher these crazy times. Because he, uh, he never lies. The Bible, when it speaks of Satan, says he's the father of lies, that he masquerades as an angel of light. He's always faking it. 
When it speaks about Jesus, when it speaks about the Spirit, it talks about truth. For uh, John 14, if, if you uh, grew up reading the Bible much, you probably remember this verse. In verse 7, Jesus actually says, I am the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, but I am the truth. I wanted to read you that, that whole little passage and let it soak in because my words have limited power. This has God's power. Don't let your hearts be troubled is how Jesus starts. What a... What an amazing line for right now. Trust in God and trust also in me, Jesus says. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. This is a beautiful line right there at the beginning in light of what's going on in our world. Our, our emotional windows seem to be getting closed more. There's less room for us. and A lot of us are struggling. And yet we read this statement from Jesus to some disciples who are about to be persecuted to the nth. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Man, uh, highlight of my week, I got to go uh, sit at Joe Pitt's house and pray with the uh, Radius White No elders. And uh, they just went around the room and prayed, prayed forever, right? Like they, they prayed a long time, which was, which was cool. And I, I don't know if you know those elders, guys at White No, man, you just ought to celebrate who God has put there to shepherd you. They, they labored for their people. It was, uh, it was emotional and I heard these words, don't let our hearts be troubled. And, and a couple of the elders at, at Radius White know are pretty young. They've got young kids. Don't let our hearts be troubled as they watch the world, as it struggles. And then as they prayed, you could hear them trust in God, trust in Jesus, lean on the Holy Spirit. And there was this beauty to that prayer. And that is what we have to give to our neighbors instead of adding to the chaos. We're able to go to God and, and though our hearts are troubled, move to him and trust in him. Thomas, one of the disciples that you ought to love because he asked hard questions. Jesus ended that thing with, and you know the way to where I'm going. And, and Thomas goes, no, we don't. He says, no, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus comes back with that, that famous answer. Right? Thomas emotional. He's worried. He goes, I am the way. And then he says, what's really interesting is the way is connected to the truth, is connected to life. I am the truth, and I'm the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm here, Jesus says. You can get to the Father through me. And then he goes on to say, if you'd really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him. And I've seen him. So we, the people of God, right now are connected to the truth. Jesus says that he is the truth. Pilate is asking, what is the truth? And the truth was sitting right beside him. But Pilate couldn't get back to what he loved fast enough. Right? He wanted power. He wanted prestige. He wanted a place in the world. And yet the truth was right beside him. Absolute rest and freedom was right beside him. And he completely missed it. Tony Evans writes, truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. Truth is God's view on any subject. Pretty, pretty amazing statement. 
Truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. Jesus is the absolute standard by which any reality is measured. Jesus is God's view on every subject, any subject. Chew on that just a little bit. John works his way back. Well, all, these, all these verses are out of the book of John. And uh, in, in chapter 8, he makes this other pretty amazing statement. Uh, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth. And what? And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Believe that? Now, in a minute, in a couple more verses, he's going to unpack that, and, and it's going to be even deeper than, than the initial statement. But he's saying, hey, the truth will set you free. We've seen that at Radius over and over and over, right? Hey, if you're a parent at Radius right now, you got young kids, teach them the truth. At the Reeves house, the worst thing you can do is lie. And now, I don't know what it is about us, but we chuckle at a lie. But, man, my, like, you can't lie because that destroys the chemistry in our home. So growing up, the kids, I mean, when, when they would see little brother uh, lie about something, you'd feel a flinch in the room because, one, one they know their dad is going to be upset. But, two, they understand, they, they are beginning to understand the preciousness of the community in our home. And when we lie, you undermine. The scripture says the truth will set you free. So actually, if you come out, go ahead and come out with it, that's where all the freedoms are. Sometimes when I look at my bank account, I don't know how you are about this. I, I don't want to see the truth. Like, I want it to lie to me. Tell me there's more money available because I got some stuff I want. Tell me there's more money available to me. Lie to me. And we often build our friendships that way. We'll actually find the people at work and hang out with them in the break room and they'll tell us that we're great, and we tell them that they're great because we, we just don't want to hear the truth. And there's no freedom, man. We both know what we're doing, and, and we really just don't even take it serious. In the early days of, uh, of Radius, we made it this practice. There was a group of us that got up really early and prayed some beautiful times. Um, and we would we'd sit in a circle sometimes. Sometimes it would be one guy with another guy, and we did what we call we pray the truth about ourselves. It was uh, terrific. I mean, it's hard, right? But it was exhilarating, and there was something about it when we pray the truth about ourselves. When, when another man's sitting across from me, and, and I pray and confess some sin right in front of him. I, I confess some fears, not my normal drill, right? And, and even celebrate a few things that's happened in my life in the last week, particularly spiritual things that, that praying the truth about myself just gave me, one, it gave me this closer than normal relationship with the dude across from me, but, but it also just really made my relationship with the Lord at ease because it was based on truth. Man, I want that for us. Last week and the week before, we've been talking about real stories. We wanted you to tell your real story. Hopefully you have in the last two weeks. You've told somebody your real story. And then what we're hoping that, that Radius would be, we've been hoping it for 17 years, and some of our campuses are only a year old, and some of them are five and six and seven. But we've been hoping that we would create a community where we would live our real stories with one another. What I've found through the years, if, if we'll deal in truth, is it often kills gossip. Because the people that love the chatter, if you tell the truth about yourself, they don't know what to do with that because that 
they're used to being able to make up the truth, and the truth's just out there. And, and all of a sudden, this, this community is healthy. By the way, if you hear somebody that's a gossip, just directly tell them you're killing our family. Right? You can quote me. I'm happy to be quoted on that. So then Jesus introduces a pretty cool idea in, in, later in John. He says, uh, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the capital A advocate won't come. Uh, one translation, capital H helper, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Who, who is the advocate? Who is the helper? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who energizes the church, that drives the church to exalt Jesus and drives the church on Jesus' mission. Check out what he says later in the chapter. This is chapter 16, verse 12. There's so much more that I want to tell you, Jesus is saying, but I, you can't bear it right now, which is really cool. He just gives us what we can bear. Then he trusts us with the Spirit to continue to teach us. And check out verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes. So he's actually identifying the Holy Spirit who only deals in truth. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He'll tell you about the future. Did you catch that line? He will guide you into all truth. Uh, when we record this, we, we, we generally record it at Radius Lexington because we have the best uh, camera stuff here. I can remember many times somebody in these seats that I'm looking at right now. And I get to hear stories from our campus pastors in the seats that you're sitting in right now of folks that finally are guided into the truth. Oftentimes, uh, it can be dramatic because something that's been hidden for a long time gets exposed and it's got to be dealt with. <laughs> I, I could tell 10-plus uh, stories of real marriages where there was an affair going on and either the husband or the wife was sitting, listening to God's word, and as the Holy Spirit got a hold of them, they, he guided them to the truth. And they brought that thing in a proper way into the open, and they dealt with it, and it was a mess. And over the course of time, there was healing. <laughs> many, many times, there's been a hidden addiction, and a high school student or, or a grown man, and that addiction of some sort has been brought into the light, and praise God, it's been dealt with as the Spirit guides us into the truth. Man, sometimes God uses us as agents of the truth. We've had wonderful people who believed in Jesus, and, and maybe we're living together, right? I know a couple stories right now where folks were living together, and they want to get baptized because they just believed in Jesus. And we're like, we can't, we can't baptize you publicly if, if you live together because you're making a public statement against marriage by living together. Um, and so why don't you all move out? We'll marry you, and we'll baptize you. And, man, we have just great stories of folks that took that seriously and followed instruction and dealt with the truth and, and blessed their marriage. And we have others that leave the church over that. But, man, we want to deal in the truth because we want, we want to guide people to freedom. Remember the verse a minute ago? The truth will set you free. So the Holy Spirit uses us and our gifts and he uses our relationships with one another. It's one of the reasons why you really want to have a friend that will tell you the truth, will guide you to freedom via the truth. 
I uh, heard an amazing story uh, recently of a guy who, was, who, had, who had come to Jesus. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and he started having stuff exposed in his life because the truth is now within him, the spirit of truth. And he remembered when he was in school, back in the day, he was trying to make his way. He was, he was uh, stealing money off the top on his job. And as a grown man in his 40s, he recognized that sin, and he, he took $10,000 and went back to the company that he'd stole money. He didn't know how much he'd stolen it, and gave him a check and said, look, that's who I used to be. This is who I am now. I want to apologize. I just owned it. And the truth's there, right? It's all out and open, and, and the weight's off. There's freedom. That's who we, what we want for, for the radius body. Let me close with this. One of the one of the great ways to get that, that garbage off of our shoulders is just to put the truth out. For some of y'all today, you ought to go home, get on the computer, and go to your social media of choice and apologize to everybody for the things that have been posted and the attitude in which they've been posted. And then delete your account and take a break from it. Because that is robbing you of the freedom that comes from resting in the spirit of truth. For some of us, we come together on Sunday, and as I read all this, it makes us feel pretty dirty. I want to remind you real quick, man, if you believe in Jesus, you're not dirty. You might need to make some stuff right, but you're not dirty. This is what John says a little earlier in chapter 8. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That's all of us, right? Me and you, everybody taking it out in online in their homes. It's all of us. Everyone who, who uh, sins is a slave to sin, so I'm a slave to sin. Check out verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. I'm going to stand up for that. Like, I'm truly, I'm free. Like, I'm a sinner. I'm a slave to sin, but I've been set free by the Son. And all of us, capital S, O-N, the Son, Jesus Christ, we've been set free by the Son. Chapter 4 of John says, but a time is coming and indeed is, is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. There is no way you can sing this next song unless you're going to deal with the truth. <laughs> the spirit can do his job. But you got to be willing to submit to the truth. So here's my leadership for you as we close. Here at Radius, man, we, we love to put out the Lord's Supper every Sunday. You don't know what the Lord's Supper is. Some people call it communion. Others call it Eucharist. Uh, it's, it's bread and juice. And uh, what, what we really want you to do, you're welcome at that table every single Sunday if you know Jesus. Based on John chapter 8 that I just read, you were made clean by the Son, his death, burial, and resurrection, and so you are free. And yet in 1 Corinthians, he would challenge all of us before we come celebrate our freedom that we would deal with the truth about ourselves. Tell the truth before you come up here. Tell the truth about yourself before you come celebrate the truth, right? Don't come otherwise. Don't take that bread and juice. It's disrespectful. Even though he's made you clean, if you're not willing to acknowledge the truth in your life right now, it's disrespectful. Wait for another Sunday. Go home and deal with it and come back later. Love walking this life with you. 
going to be some crazy months ahead. Can't wait to see how God uses us to be his representative of truth. (laughs) Hopefully we'll do that with great humility. Jesus, thank you for these minutes where we can read your word and allow it to wash over us. For some of us, it brought comfort, and we pray you would land that comfort, that it would last more than a minute. We read those verses, don't let your hearts be troubled, Lord, and we believe it in the moment, but the next thing we flip on the news or hear about another case of COVID or see some destruction around us somehow, it's easy for us to lose our way, so please, Jesus, we're claiming your statement to disciples not to let their hearts be troubled as we depend on you as our truth. Jesus, we're all agreeing right now that we're so thankful that you left us with the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. And many of us that have known you for a while, Lord, the Holy Spirit continues to change us and pressure us with the standard of your truth. And oh, you know us, Lord, some days we don't want to hear it. But when we really look at our life, we're thankful for the work you've done in us. Keep working on us, Jesus. Lord, as our nation struggles, struggles with a sickness, it's divided on a variety of issues. Uh, even even uh, we pray, Lord, you would use us as a great light in the middle of that, that we would be true and that we would love well and that your light would shine through us. Thank you for these six radius churches and the ability for us to be able to do this all together today. Continue to build our family as a, uh, as a family that is, is very outlooking. We love you. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.